the life that I have right now is like the life that I've always envisioned. I'm always going somewhere. I'm you're always, always on a- you're traveling. I'm in Mexico. I'm in Miami. I'm in. Does she have a house? You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be the driver in their own life through the life and stories of Black women with drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine. I'm a business consultant, an executive coach, and a leadership facilitator, working with people and organizations to live their lives by design and not default. Welcome back to another episode of She's Got Drive. Welcome back. I really hope you're enjoying this round of She's Got Drive. With all that's going on, one of the things that I love about doing this podcast is I really get the experience of staying in the conversation for black women winning you know like really winning there is so many conversations about us not winning you know particularly you know as I record this yesterday was the equal pay for black women day Ooh, you know the fact that it takes um, black women 19 months to earn what a white man would earn in the equivalent role in one year, that is 19 months, is freaking outrageous. You know? And so imagine, you know, imagine you get offered a job and then it says, we're going to take that annual salary and we're going to pay it over 19 months. Is, is there anyone who would be okay with that? And the answer is absolutely not. Given that's just one example of the myriad of challenges and um, uphill struggles that black women face. So it is really fabulous to be in the continuous conversation with black women who are thriving, who are doing phenomenal work, who are making phenomenal contributions in the world, who are succeeding who are, and it doesn't mean it's perfection and it doesn't mean that everything everything is working, but to really be in the space of greatness regularly talking about it. I mean, I last that last week's episode with Anita launching her book and just seeing what was happening online around her book was just so inspiring. So I will keep bringing these amazing women to you because I, because coming back to the roots of this podcast is if we see stories of success, we can learn from them and we can, as role models, identify what is it that they're doing that can I, that you can apply in your own life. You know, you can get inspired into action and just to take off, you know, and just to take off and do the things that you love to do. So we have another woman who's black woman who's winning uh, in this episode. And again, uh, we, it's such a wonderful conversation, so wide ranging about, you know, she shares the challenges as well, but just really how quickly my current, my guest Malika has built a phenomenal business, you know, her OMG, you're going to see what it stands for, her OMG business. She has built that business and it is, she's doing extraordinarily well and it is inspiring and she is too. So let me tell you a little bit more about Malika. She is a native Atlanta, Georgia person. Is that, can you say it like that? She's the founder and CEO of four companies, including the official Malika group or, and also a boutique agent, which is a boutique agency specialized in brand communications and public relations. She's an internationally certified life and business success coach. 
She's a candid speaker. She's a phenomenal speaker, actually. I've, I have seen her speak. She's the three times best-selling author. She's on a mission. Her mission is to empower and equip new and seasoned entrepreneurs with the tools they need to grow, sustain, and succeed in business. That's her mission. She has been featured in over 25 publications, including Forbes, Black Enterprise, Essence, and Huffington Post. And um, she's also worked in various um, organizations before she set up her business. As I said, she is going to share her experience. She's going to share how she's built it, building out her business. But she's also going to share for you some ideas that you can be thinking about around your own personal brand. So I give you Malika Holloway. I'm excited about our conversation. I just love your being. I thought Thank you were you. phenomenal. Um, Thank you. Um, What's the game plan? What do they call it? Live. Yeah, TSP Live. TSP <laughs> Live. And I love that you were thinking you were going to come out in your T-shirt and sweatpants. <laughs> I really wanted to. I am such a T-shirt hoodie and yoga pants girl and nobody would let me wear it. So I was like, I'm just going to start a hoodie, T-shirt and yoga pants line. And then you can't say anything. That's right. That's right. You're wearing, you're wearing your Because I'm wearing my company. Like Maybe if you put it with some high heels. Right. Time. That's what somebody else told me. They were like, well, if you dress it up with heels, I was like, that's not that comfortable. But then but, what's the point? I might as well just dress up. Then if I'm gonna right. Go, yeah, but I'm, I'm thinking about it. Because I think the biggest thing. people love seeing me dress up. I mean, I like it too. But I'm like, when I'm more comfortable, I feel like I do my best, but I guess once I get the mic, it doesn't matter. It just, yeah, it, really it's all, it comes I mean, out, you, right? Yeah, you were on fire. Yeah. I right. Did. Thank you. Yeah, totally. I hope I was like, people were like, oh, you were, you were like coming for people. I was like, no, I wasn't. I was just being me and being like, y'all didn't pay for anybody to waste your time and sugarcoat. Right. Like, that's not right. what TSP does. So Lamar knew that when he put me on stage. Yeah. And that's what he wanted. I, that's what he loves. He loves me. Yeah. It loves when you're telling it like it is, and like I'm stopping us being foolish people are nonsense, you know? Right, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I got to, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're like, let's one, go. Two, three, four, five. <laughs> <laughs> really? But um, I'm, I'm glad it was good. I'm glad it was good. Like, I'm happy. I always want to make sure um, while I'm being myself, uh-huh. I'm actually adding value because I know me, I'm, I'm a lot, but I mean, we're all a lot, but <laughs> I'm a lot. So. That's good to know. It's so interesting you say that because a lot for who? You a lot for my, a lot for myself. For yourself. <laughs> Not for other people. I'm a lot. You for take me. a break with like, myself Malika. sometimes. <laughs> Malika, calm down. It's okay. Like just <laughs> bring it back. Bring it back. I have to be my own like coach and bring myself back. But right. Um, right. I, when I'm in my my flow, I'm just gone. So yeah. <laughs> so what do you do? <laughs> what do I do? I do a lot, but um, um, I'm a publicist and a communication specialist, particularly since I run my agency at the official Malika Group, which is a PR agency uh, located in Atlanta, um, Alabama, and soon to be LA. Um, I work. Oh, with my right. oh yes, up. yes, we're, I we're did going. Not know that. <laughs> I did not know that. Congratulations on the expansion, and I didn't realize that the OMG was the official Malika group yeah till that I I was at an event recently and, and Malika was speaking and I didn't until you said I was like because it's OMG so yes. it's like perfect yeah 
Perfect. I say that all the time. I said most people don't even realize my name is in it because the OMG is so it, it's right. so catchy. Right. And I didn't even plan it that way. It just ended up being that. You're way. kidding. I'm so serious. I, yeah. I didn't plan for an OMG. I I don't, I just like, I want something with my name, but I want it to be a group. And my Instagram name that I kind of got popular with was official Malika. So I was like, oh, let's do the official Malika group. And then on the person with my business partner, I was like, I need the logo. She's like, oh, it's going to be an OMG. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Give them what you're doing. It's brilliant. You know, yeah. like yeah. that's what you give for your clients. So when people go, OMG. Yeah. I get that a lot. You know, so yeah. good. So continue. So oh, got, yes, you're right. expanding your business to LA. You got Alabama and Atlanta. Atlanta, yep. Atlanta's is uh, HQ, but we started in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, then I moved back home to Atlanta, and now since I do a lot of business in LA, um, working on that, I'm actually opening up a podcast studio in LA as well. Oh. So it, it's. Things are moving and it's so exciting. Um, but at my core, I just like helping people tell good stories and mm-hmm. deliver great content. As a publicist, that's my main job is to get my client's story told in a way that captivates people mm-hmm. and makes them want to follow them or do business with them or lean into them or get mentorship or coaching or consulting, um, whatever it may be, buy their hair products. That's my job is to tell amazing stories that make people really want to pull out their cards or pull out their cash and pay my clients. That's what I do. <laughs> you sound like, you know, I want to get into how you got there, like what we, you know, what led you there, but you sound like, as you describe your work, that you really love what you do. I and do. I, I really hear the kind of excitement and passion in your voice. Absolutely, I do. I think, and I stumbled upon doing PR. I was already doing marketing and branding mm-hmm. um, and editing and ghostwriting books, sermons, websites. I was doing a lot for other people. And um, I ended up, I had a little temporary online job and it ended abruptly. And I said, okay, this is the first time I haven't had a job since I was 16. What do I do? And my sister said, do what you've been doing, but just charge more for it. Just go start a business. And I was like, I don't really know how, but because people know me and they like me, I'm going to give it a go. And it grew from there. But wow. um, after about two or three years of doing that or like spinning my wheels and with no strategy and making money, I was like, OK, I love marketing. I love communications. I love branding. I have degrees and all of those things. I really need to pick a lane right. and run with it. And so I did some research um, about different areas of marketing. And I realized I had been doing PR the whole time. I just had no idea what it was. And so I dug into it. I'm a big um, advocate for like education and mm-hmm. learning your craft and studying it textbook style, definitely studying it um, hands-on on the job. Mm-hmm. But that's what I did. And I was like, oh, this is it. This is what's going to challenge me every day. Cause it's not an easy, it's not an easy job um, to write, to pitch, to work on behalf of people, to have to stay um, abreast of the news cycles that change less than every 24 hours. Right. And so I picked that lane. Um, I, I literally stopped doing everything else. I stopped public speaking. I stopped editing, stopped ghostwriting, stopped doing branding, visual branding. I stopped doing everything and just focused on PR for about, about three years, all the way up until now. And now it's like, it's like a night and day, but it was not anything I planned. I didn't plan it at all. Oh, so it's like it came for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Sounds like- I've been in business for six years. Oh, six but years. I, I, Oh, but four of the six years have been in PR. The last three was where I really 
shut out everything. Like I stopped yeah. doing my own brand because I'm, I'm an internationally certified life and business success coach. I stopped doing all of that because I'm like, well, people know me for too many different things. Yeah. They know what they need to pay me for. And so three years ago, I was like, all right, I'm stopping everything. And I'm only focusing on growing the PR agency. So I've been in business for six years, but the PR is just, you know, the last four. And what I have to tell people is sometimes you have to feel your way through business. What you start mm-hmm. out doing may not be the thing that really takes off for you, but you have to be okay with slowing down to speed up. Yeah. That's what I you got to be okay with slowing down to speed up. And that's what I did. And I mean, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. <laughs> I'm excited like about my own, my personal growth first, but mm-hmm. also the growth of the company and, and my capacity to be able to do more because I decided to pick one lane and just stick with it. Well, you know, as someone that we both know and love, Lamar, yes, Tyler would say, have the main thing be the main thing. Yes, keep yeah. the main thing. Keep the, the main, main. main thing the main thing. Like, he's like, anyone, you should look up Lamar Tyler because him and Ronnie Tyler are doing phenomenal work. And right. I haven't got her on the show yet, but she will be. <laughs> She's one of my, one of my goals to get Ronnie on the show. So it sounds like you're, you're going through growth. What mm-hmm. would success for, you, for OMG mean for you? And then I then I want to just talk about broadly about what do you how do you define success? So you know what um, success looked like for me, um, it wasn't even about the money. It was about showing really first my family that there was another way to do life instead of working until you're sixty and seventy, um, mm-hmm. and then trying to enjoy it like you could build your own thing. Right. Um, so uh, in August of last year, I took my mom off her like factory job and she started working from OMG full-time. So that oh. was, that was success. Cause I was like, yes, number one, my mama trusts me. I'm her wild child. But <laughs> she's saying for like three years, oh, I'll come work for you. I'll come, I'm like, no, you won't. And it actually took her three years, but I knew when she said yes. And then she put in that resignation to her job. I was like, oh, she really believes in me now. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> And I have, um, you know, four full-time employees right now working on a fifth. Like that success, being able to hire people mm-hmm. and to see my family now going, oh, you know, hey, cousin, I have this business idea or I started this T-shirt company. And I'm like, it's working. That's what yeah. it, it was never about reaching, honestly, anybody outside of my family. It was like, because I just feel like, you know, the, the scripture that or the saying that says charity starts at home, like love mm-hmm. starts at home. That's kind of how I was raised, not kind of, it's how I was raised. And so that was always my success measure. How is what I'm doing helping change my family and their, their idea of life and making money. And so that's why I'm like, even if we never grow any bigger, I feel like I'm, the company is successful. It did. It's doing what I want it to do because I see my family's minds changing about how they do life every day. And then of course, other people as well, you know, all the masses and the hundreds of thousands of people that I get to reach. Um, but it's like, it's already successful. I'm so like, that's the part that like wakes me up when I really don't feel like doing anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, well, Malika, if you stay in bed today, you're holding up somebody else's success. I'm like, crap, let me get out of bed. <laughs> and get to work, right? <laughs> that's brilliant because yeah, it's like, in, like changing the paradigm for what? work is and what life is and how they um how they intersect because we are we we are 
particularly at, you know, when black communities were so socialized into right. like working, going the hard way. Right. right? Yeah. Going the hard way and perhaps not always getting the results that we deserve in that. Right. You know? And it's like I remember when you know when you said that it, my dad, you know, he retired and then you know, he did some, he still worked, you know, on the side, if you like, for years. And then he finally kind of slowed it down. And then before you know it, he was ill. And oh. then he passed, you know, I look at that and I think about that. And, you know, like the things that he could have done because he, he was a carpenter. He really could have had his own business. And I yeah. think because we don't have that, we can't, we can't see it and we don't really believe it can it work can happen. and it can like support us and support our families, it, you know. So I think you're doing a phenomenal, such Thank a phenomenal you. contribution. Absolutely. That was my main, my, that's, it, it'll always be my main thing. I'm like, I, it's not just about me, you know. For me, it was like, oh, as long as I make enough money to live the way I want to live, I'm fine. And I, I promise it was just like one day I just woke up and was like, well, that's not a good way to go about things. Like, <laughs> like that's pretty selfish. Like you're supposed to employ people because I was terrified, you know, to let people into my company because I'm like, yeah. no, they don't do it like me. You know, they, all of those things that the lies that we tell ourselves, because some stuff they do way better than me, my team. And so once I made that decision, it's almost like just things started aligning to to show me like this is what you're supposed to be doing. And this is the way you're supposed to do it. You were never meant to just work in a silo or do it by yourself because you're okay. one person. Can only do so much so um and then next to you to the point of your your father kind of the same thing with a lot of my family members they all have all the 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 african-american chronic diseases high blood pressure heart disease sugar right. diabetes um and so i was growing up seeing them and seeing them take the insulin two times a day and all these pills it was just like there has to be a better way than just work and be sick i can't do that i don't want that's not I don't believe that's what I'm called to do. I don't believe that that's what I was created to do. Um, and so just seeing like with your dad, I, I tell them like, it's never too late to start. Like y'all, we could start an event planning business because y'all are phenomenal at that. We can start a catering business, a car wash business, a t-shirt. Mm -hmm. Let me know what y'all want to do and let's go. And so I think now they're like, oh, there is another way. Malika's doing pretty well. We they because for years they didn't know what I was doing. They had no idea. They were like, they don't know what marketing is. They don't know yeah. what PR is. They would just send people, oh, you should talk to Malika. She knows how to write books. I'm like, but I don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but it is is definitely it's I, I just didn't want to live a life of what would have happened if I would have tried. I'm like, I'm just gonna try it and go for it. If exactly. I fail, try it. Exactly. But when you think about it, when you started and you think about like your attitude, your attitude, your skills, like what is it that you've got that gets you to, that got you to actually get it going and build it? Because it still takes, you know, there's many, many people who start a business. And I mean, really, we know this, right? And most people who start a business don't um, survive past yeah yeah right yeah so what is it about you like had, what do you think you're relying on to that enables you to build your business Ooh, um first god um <laughs> i'm a very uh spiritual person 
Um, but I, I grew up in church. And so I used to hate it when I was little that I had that foundation. We were always at church. But of course, as an adult, I'm like, this saves my life. Like, I'm glad I had a foundation to fall back on because I actually started my business because I, I got a divorce out of an abusive marriage and at 24. And I was like, I cannot, I've seen so many people go downhill and never recover after stuff like that. Uh-huh. And I said, that can't be me. I have to throw myself into something so I don't find myself in a, you know, a pit of just darkness and despair. So that's how I started the business. And that was kind of the driving force for at least the first three years. I have to rebuild my life. I have to fix my credit. I have to show people that that's not my whole story. So it was almost like I was trying to prove to other people that my life didn't stop there. Although nobody was judging me, I was judging myself. But then the last three years, it was, all right, God, you have me out here. You have me impacting people, inspiring them through my work, motivating them to, and showing them that they can do it. People of all ages from, you know, 10 year old kids all the way up to 80 year olds. Like everybody's inspired by my story, by the work that I do, how I show up, how I present myself. Um, And so I was like, hey, just give me the, you know, divine strategy. Honestly, give me the divine strategy to navigate this space and not abuse it and make sure that I'm fruitful in what I'm doing. And um, yeah, so when people say, oh, it was just me and God, I'm like, no, it kind of was just, (laughs) it was just me and God. But he put people in in my path to be able to execute without me driving myself crazy. So I have like business besties that I talk to every day. I have, you know, the mastermind fam. I have my, like, it's just so much that's come to where I know, okay, God, I hear you. You're still here with me. It's just like this internal drive to not get stuck. My, one of my biggest fears in life was, all right, what if 20 years from now, if I was 25, you know, when the divorce really set it in, settled in, I said, well, can I go another 25 years living life like this? And I was like, oh, heck no, I cannot. And so that's honestly been my driving force since then to just keep going and to keep trying and to keep hammering away. Now, I wouldn't be a fool and be like, well, if somebody came with a, a job wanting to pay me a quarter million a year just paying me, I would still run my agency and probably take that job, right? Because I'm like, oh, that will help me really expand. My driving force is it's just that I feel like it's just God-given to, to give me the strength and energy to just keep going and the strategy as well. Wow. There's a lot in there, right? It's for you to, the courage and the commitment to do to, to like transform yes. life that you have, but also to not fall into that kind of pattern that so many women and so many black women fall into when the marriage is over for and, and you said and given the circumstances and the abusive relationship, like yeah, it takes a lot to really be to go to go on an upward trajectory after right. that. So um, kudos to you, man. Kudos Thank to you. you. If you think about your vision for yourself and your vision for your life, what is it, you know, and your business? Where are you, where do you want to, what are you, what are you growing, what are you building? To be honest, uh, Shirley, like the life that I have right now is like the life that I've always envisioned where I have the freedom and flexibility to just go and do. I think you, you saw me just past few months I'm, I'm always going somewhere i'm you're always, always on a- you're traveling you are every time it's like i'm in mexico i'm in <laughs> i'm in miami i mean like, <laughs> don't she have a house 
<laughs> yeah, so most people are like, where do you live? I'm like, I live in Atlanta. Um, but this is the life that I've always wanted. But more than anything, to be able to travel and 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 splurge a little bit, but to take my daughter with me, take my mom, because when I did a retreat for my clients, I took my mom to Mexico with me. That was her first international trip. So wow. my daughter, I took her to Mexico with me about two years ago. So it's the life that I'm living now is what I've always wanted. And to have a company that's growing in multiple locations and extend, you know, my personal reach and awareness to all the major cities and take the company and have like uh, satellite offices and all of them. Like that's the life I've always wanted and this life that I have. And so I know that now I feel like, well, now I feel like I have the foundation. People are like the foundation, you are like, oh, and I'm like, no, this is the foundation. Now the foundation is set and now I get to this but also just a life where I leave people better than I leave people better off when I leave them than when I found them. That's a really big thing. So if somebody's struggling with, um, with, with, with owning their own voice by the time I finish working with them or during the course of them just listening and learning and connecting with me, they get, a, that, they get rid of that fear. And so even with the company expansion and, and you know, me really enjoying life, all the ways that it shows up because every day is not a sunny day <laughs> at all. But me just knowing that my purpose is really to impact and influence people mm-hmm. through my work and through my story, like that's that's the vision. Like it's always been it. I was like, all right, I just want to help people. Now how that help comes out sometimes, I'm, I'm just open and willing to do whatever. But I think this is the life that I have is what I've always envisioned. So I feel like it's only up from here. Like it's just up from here. Yeah. <laughs> I listen. I love you so much. I'm wondering. No, totally. I totally love you. First, I want to give a shout out and send lots of love to all my listeners who have supported me with growing the show. And the way to grow the show is to share the show. If you could think about someone in your life who you believe would benefit from listening to the amazing women who I get to interview and the tools and approaches that I share with you on She's Got Drive that would help them transform their lives, then please find that person in your contacts and share an episode of She's Got Drive with them today. The other thing that I would love you to do is if you head over to iTunes and if you could rate and review the show, this is critical to having us grow the show and expand the She's Got Drive platform. Thank you so much. And let's get back to the interview. I'm wondering what has been one of the most courageous moments in your life. Ooh, I had two. Mm-hmm. The first one, leaving the, the, the marriage, which I, I knew before I got married that I wasn't supposed to be in that situation, but I'm the hard-headed kid. Like, I still have How that to How old were you married. when you got married? How old were you when you... Oh, gosh, I was 20. Wow. And nobody knew. We we eloped and just randomly went and got married one day. My family had never met him. They knew nothing about it. It was a disaster. Completely opposite of how I've ever grown. Like, that's not what we do in our family. We are very, very dignified. You know, we're refined, ghetto, refined, ratchetery. And so leaving that marriage and because I was like, no, I got to keep my family together. Because, you know, I, my daughter came from that marriage. Deciding that family looks different. Like I grew up with a single mom, so I didn't want her to grow up like that. But at the same time, I was like, well, I'm not my mom. This is not that. I have to do better because I have a little girl watching and she's hearing and she's absorbing. The one thing that really made me 
decide to walk away and really be done and not go back was one day me and my daughter were riding in the car. I remember I was in the, my Jeep Nissan Xterra. I was actually in Huntsville, Alabama. I remember exactly where I was and she and I were just joking. She was like three at the time. And I said, oh, I'm going to tell your daddy on you. And she just laughed and then she stopped. And she didn't say, and she said, well, it's okay, mommy. If he hurts you again, I'll just kill him. And it was like a, I broke down. Like I was like, I have to hurry up and get home, get her out of this car because I can't breathe. Because my first thought was, what have I done? What have I done that my child can put that together in her mind? That was, that was like, all right, I got to be out of here. So that was the first. The second was just this year, once again with my child, um, February 14, 2021. My daughter and I got robbed at a gas station. Um, oh. My purse and my phones were stolen. My daughter was in the back seat. Um, and luckily, you know, we're blessed that she had her ear pods in her um, Apple ear pods and she was on her uh, iPad. So she never even looked up to see what was going on. She thought it was me taking stuff out of the car. They didn't even see her. And so just making sure because I fell into a really deep depression for about two weeks. And I kind of told the story of how the aftermath of the months I was just in a, a happy but manic episode where I was just sporadic, um, but also in that the courageous thing was I could have got stuck there um, and just stay living in that fear of we could get robbed at any moment. We can die at any moment. Somebody can take my child because not being able to protect your child is like, so I think all of the pivotal moments in my life that made me change my mind and do different and do better and be more alert and more aware they involve me and my baby. And I always tell people, sometimes you have to find a reason outside of yourself to be motivated and to to make changes because if I be honest, if it was just me, I, I you know what I mean, I would just be out here. I because I'm like, well, it's just me. I have no responsibilities. But the fact that you know I was blessed with her, it was like because you have a child, she didn't ask to be here. It is your responsibility to protect her, to shield her, to make sure to, that she's a productive, loving, caring human being, and she's watching. Like, I didn't know my child was paying attention that much. And, you know, my mom and my grandmother, child, children are like sponges. They pay attention. I'm like, ah, whatever. Right. But then I started seeing, oh, no, this is true. So all of my moments where I had to do a complete 180 to make sure that we were protected have involved my child. It wasn't even about the business. It was like, this is my little human <laughs> that I'm responsible for. And if I drop the ball, she may become another human that drops the ball, yeah. you know? And I, I just did not want that. I did not want that at all. Wow. Wow. And then I'm struck by how young she was. That's one of the things I'm struck by, like the three-year-old in that way, like to reflect you, reflect your life back to you in that way. And then for you to just... I think that's how God, the universe, whatever you want to say, that's how they get my attention. Because not much bothers me except for my child and my family, uh -huh. but my money too. I, I can't think right. I can't breathe right. It, it really shakes me up. And so I feel like, th and that's why I always try to be you know, cautious of how I treat people, how I go about doing things, because I know a trigger for me is if someone mistreats or, or my family, if I don't feel like I'm able to protect my family and to help uh -huh. and support. And so that was, that's my reason outside of myself. Like, I have number one, a little person who's already seen too much. She's 10 now. She's already seen too much. Of course, um, I have her in therapy um, just for regular maintenance. Mm -hmm. I want mm -hmm. to be normal to her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, well, to um, give her a support structure to. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. And and the other thing we know is the first three years of life are critical. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so the work that you're allowing her to do is so important as she grows and as she has the space to kind of process her life. Right. Right. And, um, and all aspects of her life. Yeah. So that's kudos to you. So then I'm assuming you have a therapist. Am I, is that a correct assumption? No, yeah, you're, it's correct. I think that... Because I'm curious about... Because we know about the Black community and therapy, you see. That's why... Oh, I'm my God. Yes. I remember a few... When I first started therapy um, back in 2019, my mama was like, you're paying somebody to tell them your problems? Like, <laughs> we're Black. We all have problems. We just deal with it. I said, that's the part, mother. Because I laughed, but I said, that's the part that you're wrong. We don't have to just deal with it. Right. We there. That's why our community has suffered so much. What happens at home stays at home. Yeah. We just grin and bear. We're resilient yeah. people, which we are. Those all of those things are true, but we don't have to. We, we don't, don't have, have to, to hold it all. We don't have yeah, to we, hold it all. We don't have to carry it all on our own without. We don't. Without the and therapy literally saved my life because I thought I was depressed after I got divorced. But the depression that I experienced um, two years ago, it was like, wait a minute, I've been sad before, but I've never been in a place like this where I am utterly consumed uh -huh. with the situation to the point where I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to eat. I don't want to sleep. I don't want to work. I just want to sit here and ruminate on these thoughts and do all this research on this particular issue because it plagued me so much. And I was like, I think I need help. <laughs> like, right. I think I need to talk to somebody. Um, and one of our coaches, uh, Precious Bivings, she challenged me. She said, I want you to go to therapy. And I was like, I'm not going to like, I ain't crazy. That's white people stuff. <laughs> because that's why like we are right. Like that's that. the story in black communities though. That is the story. That's what white people do. Black people don't go to therapy. Black people That's don't the go story. to therapy. The story in the, from the UK is we don't do therapy. Wow, I mean, it's really? changing. It is changing, of course. But yeah, so I grew up was like, yeah, we don't do therapy. I love the, the knowing that you have about what you need. You yeah. know, like arises for you because so often it doesn't. So often people are so stuck and they can't even have a sense of like, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? What yeah. do I need to I, do to, to, to move, to get out, I, to get unstuck? And I think with me, and I say this all the time, I think even when I was a child, I still look at myself as a kid sometimes. I'm like, oh, I'm such a big grown up because I've always been very self-aware. I've always known what I like, what I don't like, what makes me happy, what makes me sad. Like, I've always known, you know, as an adult going through and living life, it's very easy for me to be like, oh, no, that's not what I want. Not doing it. Not, mm -hmm. you know, especially after I, you know, went through that whole situation during my college years and struggled like crazy evictions, repossessions, all this stuff. I always known what I like. And I've always been, been able to be honest with myself about me. Like Malika, do you need help, girl? Like you're playing, you're, you're joking but you know, you're telling yourself the truth. And I think that many people struggle with that because they feel like people won't understand or people are going to think I'm crazy or um, people are going to, you know, it's all this judgment that honestly, a lot of people do not have. A lot of the judgment we think people will have, they don't have. 
have. And we allow the fear of people knowing, oh, I go to therapy. Oh, I take medication. Oh, I, I have manic depression and anxiety. Like, oh, they're not going to want to work with me because mm -hmm. of this. But the more I talk about it, I'm, it's not slowing down anything. It's almost people are like, finally, somebody is saying what I've been feeling for the last 15 years. And now I know I can go get help because, right. you know, I'm not crazy um, or I, I, I don't have to deal like this. A part of me just being self-aware and also emotionally um, intelligent and competent, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, it allows me to be able to maneuver and talk about all the different parts of me, especially those parts that I'm scared of sharing but have the freedom to know, all right, Malika, that's your life. That's your journey. Somebody else is also going through the same thing, right. but they don't know how to get out. And since you do, it's like you have an obligation to, to share and to let them know. I'm glad. I'm glad. I used to be like, I just feel so old. And because people always tell me you got an old soul. You're so mature you're for your age. And I'm like, I want to be crazy and stupid like the rest of the people that are my age. It's always been a desire of mine to be like everybody my age and to make right. really big mistakes. But of course, as we see, you know, that was not God's plan for me. <laughs> and so I just kind of suck it up now, but I'm grateful now that I'm like, I'm actually glad <laughs> I don't like, I have this inner knowing, I just call it, you know, it's a gift from God that I have this inner knowing about myself and it allows me to be free to help get other people free as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it normalizes those that part of us, you know, I think one of the things about like social media is like this kind of perfect world that's, that gets presented often, right? And so it looks like you're never upset, you're never down, right. your life right. never sucks, you know what I mean? Right. It's, like, it's just not true, you know, sometimes it's not true. you're overwhelmed, sometimes it's just really hard and sometimes things happen not of your making and then you've right. got to deal. And then there's sometimes you're in Mexico running a retreat and looking so fly. Do you know what I mean? Like, but life isn't always hanging yeah. out in Mexico, you know, with it's that, you know, so that I think that's so beautiful that the willingness to share yourself and the willingness to kind of normalize, like life has, this is, life is, the richness of life is all of yes. it. All of life. it. Yeah, like, because people are like, you're just having the time of your life and you're just living. And when I, when my therapist told me, no, you've been having an episode for the past four months and you didn't know, I was like, I have to tell people the truth. Because half of the stuff that, that you see the pictures, I see the pictures just like you all, but a lot of it I don't remember because I was having an episode. I'm like, I know I went to Mexico. I Like, I knew I went right. to LA. I knew I went to Florida. I know I was in Tennessee, but I don't remember because... I wasn't in my right mind. So I'm like, I have to tell people the truth. Like what you see, yes, I was having a good time or I would not right. have been doing anything, but it was a fight or flight thing from getting robbed and having yes. this fear that something at any given day, somebody's going to take my life or take my baby. And so for me, I was like, I got to live. I got to spend. I got to do right. all the things. But it, it's like, you want to enjoy life, but not from that space. Exactly. That's, that's a dangerous space. And so- once I told everybody, they were like, wait, wait a minute, what? This is so much. We got to unpack it. I'm like, just take it for what it, what it will, what you will. But I'm, I'm being God to honest, the God to honest truth with this. You know, like what you saw was me having fun, but you also didn't see the fear that was stuck in here that had me trapped that I didn't even know was there. I thought yeah. depression had to be depression. I thought I had to be sitting on the sofa. 
in the bed and I'm functioning, you know, working. But when I'm not on, I'm in a corner curled up. I had no idea that it it could look like spontaneous, right. fun, flourish, travel, go, staying up for days on and I had next, no idea. Next, 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 yeah. next, next, next. And you yeah. stop in. Yeah. Yeah. And so I that's no something idea. for like when wearing when we are reacting to an experience that we're having and we're not, we haven't processed it. And it's like, oh I, I I'm good. Yeah. No. You're not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, you're, no i'm not i had to no. say that you know i am not okay like i have to, so that's kind of where what you're seeing now it's a, a mini slowdown it's not a big slowdown but it is like okay since i know that's what it looks like right. now i know what it is i know how it can be triggered i have to make sure i put stuff in place to protect me from going back because mm-hmm. no one could have told me that depression comes in forms other than deep dark sadness i was like it comes as happiness too, but they're like, it's extreme happiness. I was like, yeah, I was pretty happy. (laughs) I wanted to take a moment to share with you my gratitude journal, which is 30 days of gratitude, making every day count. It's a reflective gratitude journal for women. It's aimed to enrich your life as you go through the next 30 days. And the quotes and pieces of wisdom on each page are there to enjoy and to speak to you each and every day. The practice of gratitude is there. The aim of this journal is to help you to develop this as a daily practice of focusing on things in your life that you appreciate. The simple process of writing down three things that you are grateful for every morning allows you to start your day in a positive place. When you start a practice of gratitude, it can have such a profound effect on your mental, emotional and physical well-being as well as an increase in the happiness in your life. The practice of gratitude has been scientifically proven to improve our sleep, our relationships, our sense of self, and our mental well-being. And also in the journal, there's a practice of daily setting daily intentions. When we set daily intentions, it can support you with setting a pathway for each day. Setting your intention will give you focus, setting you on the right direction for the day, And with daily intentions, you are more likely to take the action and have the state of being that matches your intention, leaving you with a feeling of greater satisfaction with with you achieving what you want in your day. The power of intention is a focused mind. So the 30 Days of Gratitude, Making Every Day Count, is available on Amazon.com on the Drive Journals page. The link is in the show notes. So click the link. It's like $6, something like that. And then take on a daily practice. You will see that I've already started to post my daily practice on my Instagram page. So you can do it together. So order your 30 days of gratitude, making every day count. Um, and let's see what positive effect it can have in your day. What happened to you in February was huge. Yeah. Was huge. And um, yeah, so it's shocking. And the shock. And, the, and then what you make, we will always make meaning of our experiences. And sometimes we're conscious about the meaning making and sometimes we're not. And then we start to live out, live inside of that meaning that we've made around yeah. it. Right. Absolutely. So, um, thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you so thank much. You. Yeah. And so I want to come back to your mom. And one of the questions I always ask um, my guests is, it's what my what mama used to say. Yeah. Question because 
uh, I know my mom was very impactful in my life, obviously. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I live inside of the, the many phrases that she showed me. And actually, as I get older, I do more and more things when I think I'm, I'd say, I think I'm turning into my mom, you know, what my mom used to do, you know, um, I have hot, I have hot sauce on everything because like you put hot sauce oh, on everything. Oh God. No, I used, never used to do that. <laughs> I never used to do that. It's literally on everything. <laughs> and I used to remember saying to mom, why have you got hot sauce on everything? Shirley, leave me alone. Um, yeah. So, but she used to like, so the, there's wisdom that our mamas pass on to us or another elder woman in our life who could who passes on wisdom. And I'm wondering what's the pieces of wisdom or a piece of wisdom that your mom has Ooh. passed on to you that kind of resonates with you, that guides you. So I have five generations of my family alive right now. My great grandmother, my grandmother, my mother, me and my wait, wait, backtrack. Say that again. <laughs> I have five generations of my family alive right now. There's my great-grandmother, my grandmother, my mother, me, and my daughter. We have a bigger family. I have sisters and cousins, but we have I five I know, I can't even believe. How old my is great your great-grandmother? She, she is 96. I am it is amazing. shocked right now. It is, I, it is amazing. Have you a picture of all of you? We have those pictures. We make sure we take those every single year. But I just posted probably about two weeks ago a video and a picture of my grandmother talking about she wanted some cookies and she's not allowed to have cookies. But she's like, I want some cookies. And I'm like, well, grandma, give me the money. I'm not giving you my $6. Like, it's the funniest <laughs> thing. I'm a combination of all of these women. My great grandmother was very strict when it came to church and making sure you knew God. Even if you went to the club, of course, I wasn't old enough to go to the club when she was raising us. But with my older cousins or her children, if you went to the club on Saturday, you are still getting up and going to church on Sunday, whether you lived in her house or not. And so my grandmother was the same way. We were children. We stayed in church. We did extracurricular activities at school, at church and home. My mother, same way. I'm almost like that with my daughter. I'm like, I'm not going to be like them and force this on you. But one thing I learned from all of them is, number one, keep God first. Mm -hmm. just consult God in whatever you do. Like, don't try to do this on your own because you don't have to. Number two is if you want something, it is up to you to go get it. Don't wait on somebody to do is that. And I really learned that from my mother. She's like a go-getter. Personality, very much like mine. People are like, you all sound alike, you look alike. <laughs> I'm like, but I don't act alike. My younger sister really acts more like my mom than any of me or my older sister. It was don't wait. If you say you want success, go create it. You create the rules. Honestly, she's never said it, but she the way she raised oh, yeah. us, it was downloaded. And that's something I hold on to. Like I said, even having her work, she always tell people, I work for my daughter. I said, mom, you don't work for me. You work with me. You're working for yourself. She'd be like, yeah, I work for my daughter. <laughs> like, I hear you, but no, let me tell people. Um, but I learned that from her and to always, and number three from all of them was to always handle your business. Don't overpromise and underdeliver. Hand If you say you're going to do it, move hell and in, in heaven to make sure that it happens. And so that's kind of how I navigate life. And I'm so grateful to have all of them around. It's an amazing experience every time my family gets together because we always take generation pictures now. So with my great grandmother, with her children, and then her, her with their children, right. and her with us, it's just, it's like, wow. You don't think about it. Because as a child, I was like, this is just what we do. This is our big family. This is but now so as an adult, phenomenal. I am it's, literally yeah. shocked right now. 
Yes, it is the best feeling in the world. Oh, I'm so happy for you. I'm so Thank happy you. for you. What a phenomenal, like, just take every, like, oh, man, that's just amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Like, wait. And yeah. then for your daughter, that's her great-great-grandmother, right? Yes, it is. Yes. I'm just like, can you see the confusion on my face? <laughs> wow. That's yeah. absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and, the, it, it, and she's in her life. Yes. Right? She's you know, as well. She's, yeah. yep. I'm just I'm making uh, it a thing to go to go visit her. If I can't do it every month and every other month, because again, she's 96. She's yeah. in really good health, but again, she's 96. She has yeah. more days behind her and, than in front. And so every time I go, I'm always with a few like, get that thing out my face because I'm making little videos. I'm taking ussies. Like, I'm like, grandma, be quiet, leave me alone. She's like, when are you gonna buy me a phone? I was like, you ain't gonna even know what to do with it. But um, it's just one of those things that like, I remember when she was young and feisty and, and raising us and right. how she was like on it. And then to see her get old and like, wait, my grandmother is still here. Like I'm here because she's here. Cause my great grandfather, her husband passed the year I was born. So I didn't get to experience him. So right. hearing everybody talk about him and how he, he was like the king of the neighborhood, like the king of the, the house. It's just like, I wish I could experience that, but I'm still getting it because my grandmother, even at 96, she is, she will tell you what she will and will not do. She will still backhand you <laughs> and slap you, <laughs> but it, it's just so, it's like, all right, thank you God for allowing me to be able to yeah. do this and, and show her, show like, even if she may not be cognizant of who exactly. everybody is, it's just the fact that she's getting to see all of her hard work pay off. And she's been able to be taken care of by the people she took care of. Yep. Yep. Oh, man. Wow. You know, what was the things that you don't do in order to be successful? Does that make sense? What are the what things, are the things that, that I don't your, do? Your, yeah. What are these like, that's something I don't do. If I, in order to stay on track and be successful, I don't do the following things. Ooh, um, we always like told what we do, what people do. But what what are the things that people don't do in order to kind of be on the the path to success? I no longer allow myself to hide and to be held accountable for my actions. I used to one thing I hate. I hate when people hold, hold me accountable. I really do because it's like, who are you to tell? But I'm grateful for it. So I no longer shy away from telling people what my thoughts are, what my visions and, and dreams are and, and asking them, hey, hold me accountable. Even with my mental health, I had to tell my friends and even some people you know, in our business circle, this right. is what it looks like. This is what it sounds like. I need you all to be aware because sometimes I may not be aware. And if you see me posting a certain way or saying certain things to everybody else, it may be a laugh joke, but to you all, I need you all to hold me up. And right. to be texting me and say, hey, <laughs> what's going on? Are you good? I no longer operate in a silo, not just in business, but also in my life. I'm mm -hmm. allowing people in, especially trustworthy people. That's the thing. You got to yeah. be, it has to be trustworthy people that you, that you can care about um, or that you know that can, you can trust with those intimate details. I allow people in and I don't go at it by myself. The second thing that I do is that I stay connected to people who have been where I want to go. And yeah. so you know how when, when you're coming up or you're clam clamming your own success ladder, 
people that started out with you, they don't always go with you, but you really want to hold on to them, but holding on to them will keep you right there with them. I used to feel really guilty if I left people behind because I wanted everybody to come with me. And so I no longer feel guilty. That's one thing I do for success. I don't feel guilty because at the end of the day, I really truly believe we do have more in common as a human race than we have different, but we're all on our own journey and I'm not responsible for everybody else's journey. I'm responsible for mine. And so I no longer hold on to that guilt. Um, And the last thing I do is that I try to be, I, I look for, I try to make sure that I'm healthy all the way around, physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, relationships. I used to just think, oh, I just need to get the money and everything will fall into place. So I would only focus on getting the money. And so I had to stop doing that. (laughs) Because even when money is great, as we've learned just from a couple of stories, you know, I've told you here, when I've learned, even though money is great, if I'm not mentally sane or if Mm -hmm. I'm not physically healthy or if my relationships are falling apart then all the money in the world will not it won't help it won't it actually makes it worse and so I had to I had to stop believing that money was the answer to it so the bible says that money is answers all things but it also says don't fall for the love of money that's where evil right. is and so I, I I know that now I know that now to be true because I'm like oh god is tripping because money is the answer <laughs> you pay for it right but at the end of the day I've learned, especially this year, Malika, you have to be healthy. You have to allow yourself permission to be healthy in all those areas, not just in. And so I had to stop thinking that the money was the ultimate goal. It's like, no, it's the health. It's family. It's all the things that we don't talk about a lot in business, but we should talk about more. Yeah. There is nothing else without your health. Yeah. There is nothing else. There's nothing else. You can have as much money as you like. Yep. If you're not healthy, then what? It doesn't matter. It won't work. It really doesn't. It It really doesn't. I mean, it's really like one of the things to confront. And and we'll take the money. But. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we'll take the money. We're going to take the money, people. However, you know. However, yes. You know, Mm -hmm. so that's, that's great. My last question to kind of start to close this out this beautiful time with you if you think back to like you a younger Malika you know what would you tell the younger Malika about who you are today oh that's a good one I would tell her that everything is going to be fine all the stuff you think that matters it doesn't matter this is your journey Mm -hmm. and you're gonna be fine that's really what I like I wouldn't tell her do this I would just say no little girl you're going to be fine I think I, I've, I've talked to my my younger self plenty of times and that's what I, I've said like hey we're fine we're so taken care of it's not even funny yeah, <laughs> but that's what yeah. I would tell everything's gonna be fine it's all gonna work out just watch just watch because it all it always does yeah it always does I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life I mean the energy of Malika the vibrancy the insight, the self-awareness, the commitment, the honesty, the, the vulnerability, the authenticity. I know it's an overused word, but it really applies. Like the willingness to share herself. All of those things make Malika so incredibly special. And I feel very grateful to have had the opportunity to spend time with Malika. Um, I just loved her. 
I just loved her. I know you probably sit there and go, you love all your guests. And yes, yes, I do. Because my, de- my guests are really phenomenal women. Yeah, they're just extraordinary, extraordinary, extraordinary women. So I hope that you've got some insights on what you could be taking on. I hope that it inspired you to act into action. It might be inspired you into some reflection. Um, whatever the difference it's made to you, I would love to hear um, from you. So you can always email me at info at shirleymcalpine.com or support at shirleymcalpine.com actually maybe I should get a proper like letters at shirleymcalpine.com or questions at shirleymcalpine.com I'll put together an email address oh she's got drive at shirleymcalpine.com I'll get uh, together a specific email address but you can if you email me info at shirleymcalpine.com or if you email me at um what's the other one support shellymacalpin.com it will get to me and let me know what you get from listening to she's got drive and i start to like read it out on the podcast i think that's what I, one of the things i want to start to do start to do on the podcast because there's all these amazing women i'm really getting curious like as you're listening to it what are you left with what, what's going on with you do that there or you can always find me on instagram at shelly mccalpine or you can find me on facebook she's got drive is produced by cassandra bortolina the music is by the awesome of female band blonde the song is called circles thank you so much for listening until next time go well and stay well